Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Bar Humbug, a podcast about the cuddliest of all movie genres, the Christmas movie. My name is Helen O'Hara and I'll be your ho-ho-host. I'm sorry, I still haven't come up with a bit better pun uh, for this <laughs> Christmas season. So today we are going to be talking about Steve Binder's famous Star Wars holiday special, perhaps the most famous Star Wars film never to be released again <laughs> anywhere ever. And this year's Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, directed by Ken Cunningham and available on Disney+. Plus. So, will this new contender join the storied ranks of Christmas classics that include its uh, predecessor? Or will it be swept away very much like its predecessor was? <laughs> With me to talk about it are two of the world's greatest Christmas movie experts, Star Wars experts, um, and men who can tell the contents of a cracker at 50 paces and accurately gauge a person's favourite Star Wars character just by looking at their face. Uh, first of all, I am delighted to welcome Ian Freer, um, mostly of Empire Magazine and others uh, these days. He has been doing film journalism for longer than basically anyone and <laughs> is perhaps the world's foremost authority on Star Wars as far as I'm concerned. Ian, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready for Christmas. Christmas starts for me <laughs> when uh, the little kid rings the bell and the Coca-Cola trucks come over the hill. That is, that is the start of Christmas for me. Yeah, so I'm, re- yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, the, the kids it, obviously socially distanced from the start of the Coca-Cola <laughs> truck this year, but, yeah. but yes, definitely. And also with me today is Tom Beasley, who's a film writer for well, various places, aren't you? Including Yahoo Movies, Metro, The Ringer. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm okay. I, I, gun for hire, I think, is the right way to describe me gun rather than... Hire. <laughs> And it, that yes. feels very Star Wars. It feels very Mandalorian. I, I can see you in the Mandalorian. <laughs> I think you'd look way. good in the armor, <laughs> <laughs> or with a baby Yoda. You know, because how, how I'm actually. They, yeah, how do the listeners know I'm not wearing the armor? As far as the listeners are concerned, you're definitely wearing the armor, guys. If you can see Tom, he's 100 percent wearing the armor. I'm actually joined by Christmas Yoda right now. Ooh. I have I have a Yoda who is a candy cane cane. And a, and a Santa hat. So that's part of my regular Christmas decorations. Um, so I feel like I'm ready. But um, but tell me about you guys. I mean, what's your attitude to Christmas movies? Are you pro? Are you anti? Are you a Grinch or more of an elf? I'll, I'd say I'm more of a Grinch, generally. I like the older ones. So I yeah. love, obviously, It's a Wonderful Life. And obviously, you have around, a soul. Shop Around the Corner. And oh, uh, and the uh, the Christmas section of Meet Me in St. Louis. Which, mm-hmm. has, which has the best Christmas song ever, uh, Happy Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. And um, 
but generally, I'm, they're not for me. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> this, is why I'm, this is why I'm on the Bar Humbug podcast. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas I love Christmas so much. I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I am. I think I'm going to be the Buddy the Elf of the next hour or so of podcasting. <laughs> I believe that about you. I really do. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I like Christmas movies to be a little bit naff as well. I don't. I'm not for taking Christmas seriously. I'm for right. the you know Elf and Love Actually and jingle all the way and all of that sort of nonsense the more nonsensical the better yeah i I have to say to enter in the spirit of this podcast um and being a freelancer i'm very drawn to the christmas movies that are on channel five in the afternoons oh yeah the the Mm -hmm. hallmark christmas ones Mm -hmm. i I love in particular uh mrs miracle and mrs miracle and mrs miracle part two which is the (gasps) the god the godfather and godfather two (laughs) Of Christmas movies. Do you know these movies? Have you ever seen these movies? I do not, but they sound entirely up my street. Right. So they start Doris Roberts, who's best known as the the mum on Everybody Loves Raymond. Ah, yes, of course. So, so in the first one, she plays a, a magical housekeeper who helps mm. who helps James Van der Beek come to terms with leaving his wife over Christmas and cheering up his kids. Oh my goodness! And, um, it's, it's quite weird watching it now because they pronounce her name Mrs. Merkel. And you kind of, kind of <laughs> you kind of confuse it with the German Chancellor, which doesn't, doesn't feel right. I mean, she's a bit of a miracle worker, I suppose, economically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the Germans love Christmas, so yeah, there you go. This is all working out. Then the, the second one, uh, call me, uh, call me Mrs. Miracle or Mrs. Miracle mm. Two, Two is is here. Uh, she saves a, a department store at Christmas. Ah. And um, that has some interest for you, I think, because that has people been in, in uh, Supernatural. So, yeah, so uh, Eric Johnson, I think he's been to know him. No? Uh, I might not say. I'm going to have yeah. to look him, look him up now. Right, okay, and, Eric Johnson. And Jewel State, who's in Firefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's in Firefly as well, yeah. So she's a kind of female lead in that. And wow. they're, they're rotten films, they really are. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're dreadful. No one actually mentions what an interfering dick this character is. She's an awful <laughs> character. <laughs> but, 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 you know... There's something, there's something, there is something warm and fuzzy about them. I feel like that mantle of Christmas film has kind of been taken over by Netflix the last few years. Mm, a sort yeah. of slightly naff, but everyone loves them kind of Christmas film. I mean, I'm going to contradict myself and say that I don't particularly like the sort of slightly naff Netflix Christmas films. <laughs> I think for me, there's a sweet spot. You have to be just naff enough. But once you get over to like, I don't know, Christmas Prince and stuff, which is like the Sharknado of Christmas films. Mm then it just, I think it stops appealing to me at that point. I think there's a, there's a very yeah. good sweet spot. Christmas Chronicles is the sweet spot. Right, yes. That, 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 that is a fairer position, I think, to take. I am fascinated by the really bad ones, and I would 100% watch Mrs. Miracle as well, I'll be right. honest. Okay. I the, just what, find the, What's the worst one? What is the bad one? Oh, God, there's so many really bad ones. I mean, the Princess... The Christmas Prince is bad. Princess Switch is not great, but I mean, they are at the very top end of of the. the, Aren't they crossing over? Honestly, in terms of production, oh yeah, they are. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, We will be discussing that in another episode, actually, guys. Um, (laughs) I'm just doing cross promotion for you, Helen. It's fine. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Tying it all together. Synergy. um, (laughs) Synergy. But the uh, but yes, the uh, those are at the high end of the sort of production values chart. There are some Christmas movies out there that were clearly made for 50p in a packet of Christmas. (laughs) And my God, does it show? I mean, there's ones about Christmas decorators where they haven't been able to afford Christmas decorations, as far as I can tell. And they've just kind of cobbled some things together from the pound shop. And, you know, it's it's not a great look if you're trying to convince people that she's a genius at 
making stuff look great for Christmas. Anyway, oh. that's my personal hobby horse. Isn't the plot of these films uh, a girl who works too hard, goes to a small yep. town, gets mm. stuck in a small town. Learns meet, the meaning of, yeah, family, Christmas, all that. Yeah, yeah. and meets a cute guy who works mm-hmm. in the handyman store. I don't know. There are... There are essentially three Christmas films right. for the most part. They, 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 they encompass most of the output of Hallmark and Lifetime and Netflix. There is hardworking, probably girl, possibly man, goes to a small town and learns the true meaning of Christmas and family and all the rest. Got it. Right. Um, member of Santa's family gets lost in the big city or small town and has to save Christmas <laughs> for somebody or something. And a Christmas Carol Redux. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I feel like Christmas Carol Redux is is a lot of them. There's a letterbox list, mm. isn't there? Of, um, I mean, letterbox obviously very movie nerdy here. Um, there's a a letterbox list which is posters for Christmas movies that are heterosexual white couples wearing red and green, and yes. there's just about two hundred posters. <laughs> of- there's a strict format, but of course today we're here to talk about films that in no way hit that format. So that's so this is good. So instantly they both get points for originality and i'll uh, spoiler here that those are the last points that the original um <laughs> star wars holiday special will be getting from me because uh, i watched it for the first time this weekend but let me just uh, for anybody who hasn't seen both i would recommend viewing them before we talk about them here because we will be getting into spoilers um let me let me actually rephrase I would recommend viewing one of them before we get into them here because yeah. we are going to be talking spoilers. The other one, I, I really can't put the word recommend next to it, but I will talk about it. And that's the Star Wars Holiday Special of 1978, directed by Steve Binder, uh, although he probably doesn't deserve to be blamed uh, solely. And it features the original Star Wars cast and Han and Chewie trying to get home to Kashyyyk, which is here pronounced Kazook, for something called Life Day with Chewie's family who live in what appears to be a 1970s suburban home that just happens to be at the top of a tree. It features an animated sequence, which is the very first appearance of a, a certain Boba Fett. So again, that gets it minus points from me. And um, and also lots of kind of musical interludes from Jefferson Starship, who were presumably chosen for their name, and uh, Diane Carroll. Uh, it's genuinely a film that brought me to the edge of madness about seven minutes in. So uh, it's it's really something. And it is famously bad. It has never been officially released on DVD or VHS or anything else. It is, of course, on YouTube, but I can't possibly recommend that you go and see it there because it's presumably in breach of copyright. Also out, however, is this year's Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, directed by Ken Cunningham, set after the events of Rise of Skywalker and sees Rey travelling to a lost Jedi temple in search of wisdom to help her train Finn to use his Force powers. Alas, the thing she finds there sends her tumbling through time and the chronology of basically every Star Wars film um, to chaotic effect as the time streams begin to cross and stories fall out of place. Okay, so let's start with the original holiday special. Now, Ian, we should get into a bit of uh, pedantry here. The holiday they're talking about in the original holiday special may not be Christmas. No, it's not Christmas. It was made for Thanksgiving in 1978. And essentially, a company called Smith Henlon came to George Lucas and asked if he wanted to do a Star Wars holiday special. And to be fair to him, they had form in this area. They'd done kind of TV specials for Elvis and Sinatra Neil Diamond, the Muppets, everybody. So he thought oh, he was man. he thought he was in safe hands. And believe it or not, so Star Wars came out in May seventy seven, and by November 
78, it was still in theatres. Mm, so those were the days. Yeah, so everybody thought this would be a good chance to promote the film a little bit. So yeah. it would kind of, kind of do a cross-promotion. Uh, and Lucas was kind of busy with Empire and with Raiders. So he kind of suggested a story. He wanted it to be about Wookiees. Right. And then he kind of left it alone. Ah. And, and he, that, he kind of regrets that, I think. It's amazing. The budget of it was uh, $1 million. Now, okay. Star Wars is $10 million. Jeez. And the, the difference between those, you know, there's not that difference. It's just astonishing. So, yeah, it's weird. You know, you can tell it went badly because um, Kana had a whole range of action figures built around Chewie's family. Oh, no. And they, they, <laughs> they, they, they scrapped it immediately. And that's oh, those, those kind of prototypes are, yeah. Um, yeah. They're worth a bit, are they? Yeah, well, yeah. And if, if, At least somebody won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Unless, four people who own a lumpy thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I love I, Chewie's family are mm. his wife is Marla. His Marla. Son, Marla. His son is Lumpy. Uh huh. And his father is, is it Itchy? Itchy. Yeah, presum- now, presumably descriptions of the costumes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what, what's brilliant about this is that before Disney took over, they had this whole kind of canon and timeline and there were writers at lucasfilm who had to work these characters in to the the the, the whole star wars story and i just oh, wow. i just think fuck that don't bother just ignore no. it but mm-hmm. they came up with so i think it's uh malata book is mama right. yeah uh lumpawaru is lumpy and I can't, Waru. and I can't even pronounce it. She is actually <laughs> between you. It's one of those ones. I mean, itchy is yeah. the stuff of nightmares. You know, yeah. like if if you were going to design a yeti for a horror film about yetis hunting people and ruthlessly yeah. eating them, what you would design would look a lot like itchy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was genuinely, I genuinely was not prepared. I, I really really kind of I'd heard it was bad I just thought it was going to be kind of cheesy bad and and those those first seven or well ten minutes probably with just Wookiees growling <laughs> yeah. at each other it's like Mike Lee with Wookiees isn't it it's it really unintelligible growling and then there's a hologram circus for some reason <laughs> <laughs> and, and like uh you know Mala telling Lumpy to bring out the bin like to where yeah. like they're on top of a tree why has he got a bin bag none of this makes sense he is horrifying even before someone buys him some sort of strange hologram porn thing which he sits and watches <laughs> in the living room with everyone <laughs> oh yes that's right so so yeah itchy is given this this hologram thing interactive thing that comes up with diane carroll who who sings the song to him but not before essentially attempting to seduce him in in a really terrifying terrifying way seems sort of writhing on his chair in paroxysms <laughs> yeah. of delight yeah I think before we get to that, we get to the um, is there a cooking inset where 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 che- uh, yeah. che- Chewie's wife Marla watches this kind of terrible skit of of cooking a four mm. a four armed cook and what I love it about it is that even in the galaxy far far away TV is full up with shit cooking shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, they're clearly like riffing on Julia Child, who is a great cooking show. She's yes. hilarious. This was just again baffling and i'm you know i i just perhaps i'm being prejudiced perhaps my view of of wookie society does not you know encompass all of its many facets but it just doesn't seem to me that wookies would live 
in a 1970s house with cooking shows on TV. Like it just, yeah. it makes no sense. And they've got so many televisions. So I many. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was a real oh glimpse of the future. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it kind of was actually, yeah. The one um, yeah, one I think thing you'll find that the Star Wars Holiday Special is a prescient prediction <laughs> of our tech-obsessed society. Well, one thing that we don't, might not get from it from this vantage point is that if you were a kid in 1978, mm. before DVD and VCR, you got to see Star Wars on telly. You got yes. to see your favourite characters and stock footage of of Star Destroyers and the Millennium Falcon. And that must have been that must have been really exciting if you were a kid at that age to see Star Wars on your mm. TV. That must have been great. Yeah, it's a, it's oh, absolutely. A, it's a shame there's stuff around it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I mean, you know, it opens with John Williams' theme and it yeah. has Chewie and Han in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And I was I was yeah. genuinely there. I was like, this seems great. I don't understand what everyone's complaining about. I'm super <laughs> here for this. Okay, so he's talking about Life Day and that's a bit naff. But really, this is yeah. this is solid. And, there's and, a bit, and then yeah. there's a bit with Darth Vader and the, an Imperial Guard walking down the Death Star. And you're thinking, mm. haven't they blown that up yet? <laughs> Didn't they blow that up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, in, in terms of Star Wars lore, it doesn't always make 100% sense, does it? I mean, no. you know, why are we getting a live um, feed from the Mos Eisley Cantina, which yeah. is on the, you know, the, the planet that's furthest from the bright centre of the galaxy? I don't quite understand that. I, I really think, actually... You know, if I were casting like the Mandalorian and B. Arthur wanted to play a barkeeper in her, I'd be like, 100%, absolutely, let's get her in as a barkeeper. But I would also write her a script that in some vague way felt even slightly like Star Wars, you know? It's a song as well, isn't it? That song is, mm. uh, just to read some of the lyrics from it, one more chorus, one more tune, it's not the end, friend, if you're a friend, friend. Yes, I wrote that lyric down because I was like, that cannot be what they said. That's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda, they are not. <laughs> I have a question for Tom, because um, uh, Helen is a Boba Fett hater. Tom, what did you think of the Boba Fett section? Uh, well, I'm kind of with Helen on Boba Fett. Oh, no. oh, come on. <laughs> I oh. think Boba Fett is possibly the most overrated character in Star Wars. Thank you. And this animated right. sequence, because I think people... I was reading a little oh, bit. And people kind of hold out the animated sequence as being like the okay bit of the special. Yeah. And like the animation is fine, but the story is just nothing. Like he's <laughs> the animation like, is fine? Yeah, 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 I mean, sure. I mean, I'm watching how, the first... How looks like he melted. <laughs> I'm watching the first series of The Clone Wars at the moment, and I don't rate <laughs> the animation in that either. Um, yeah. But it's this Fair strange enough. story where Boba Fett is pretending to be their friend. And then yeah. Boba Fett is revealed to not be their friend, and then nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> His grand deception achieves nothing. He just flies away. Isn't it all about a magic amulet or something? Yes. Are they all after an yeah. amulet? Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. The yeah. amulet makes them sleepy. And they have <laughs> to go and get sleepy. some antidote for the sleepiness. It, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I also had questions about why all the messages on the TVs were in English. But, you know, let's be charitable and assume I mean, they, yeah. they translated it for us, right? Yeah. There are bigger problems at play here. Yeah. I, I realise that's yeah. the least of it, but, yeah, yeah. I, I just, oof. The biggest problem might be the, the least thing was Jefferson Starship singing into mm. a big old dildo, doesn't it? Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, I, I was wondering that. I was worried that was just me. I'm glad somebody else said that. That sequence, it, it that doesn't sequence look right. is so long as well. I mean, that's true yeah. just about every sequence in it. Like every sequence is every skit is five minutes longer than it should be. And so I think I yeah. messaged you, Helen, after I'd watched it, and I went, I, I checked how long was still to go 
thinking mm. I must be near the end and there was 55 minutes still to go. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening to me? Why am I yeah, doing I kept, this? It's your fault, Helen. I kept, <laughs> I kept looking at the timer being, surely it's been it's been an hour already and it never had been. It just, it took so long. Um, yeah, yeah, time had no meaning. Uh, and then it finishes with a weird Wookiee candlelit procession to somewhere yes, involving this is, things. This is Life Day, which is the yes. most important day in the Wookiee calendar. And only, 12, okay. only 12 of them bothered to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those suits just don't groom themselves, you know. No, so. no. So they all yeah. wear these kind of red cloaks, don't they? Like they've just run a marathon. I would, I would love to see a Wookiee marathon. I wonder what their that times are like. It? I bet yeah. they're pretty fast. I mean, they're tall, you know. They'd be fairly yeah. fast potentially. And then, then I mean, the, best... the sweat would be horrible, though. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Probably gets all matted. It's... <laughs> oh, that would be awful. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, the poor Wookies. To me, the highlight of the whole thing is when Carrie Fisher has to sing the Life Day song, which mm. is to the theme of the Star Wars theme, yeah. John Williams' Star yeah. Wars theme. And, yeah. it, and the lyric is, a day that brings the promise that one day we'll be free to live, to laugh, to dream, to grow, to trust, to love, to be. Which essentially means that Life Day is a day that celebrates another day. <laughs> a the hypothetical day, that, day that may yeah, the day where, where we get to live and dream and love and be <laughs> but, yeah. it, it also ties life day pretty pretty closely to the rebellion presumably and especially if she's the designated singer despite the fact that it's a wookie yeah. well, planet think, yeah the wookies must be delighted because they double the numbers when all the star wars <laughs> <goes up. laughs> isn't it that's just that's everybody there now I mean, God, God bless Carrie Fisher for trying her best. I was also confused that yeah. she didn't speak Wookie and kept demanding to speak to someone who spoke standards. <laughs> uh, it, it, it felt it felt a little, you know, non diplomatic of her. Let me say say it that way. Um, and also, I was wondering why Luke got all that. Where Luke got all that eyeliner from? He, he looked nothing like yeah. himself. If well, you told looked, me that was about Mark Hamill's, <laughs> yeah. if you told yeah. me that was Mark Hamill's brother who'd been drafted in to replace him at the last yeah. minute, I would one hundred percent believe you. Yeah. I might be wrong. I might be wrong now. It might have been just after his car crash. Oh, okay. It might be that, or it might I might have the timelines mixed up. But, but you'd hope it was something. There's some reason for it. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. I, well, yeah. I hope I hope there is a, a good reason like that because otherwise, what they did to yeah. him is is yeah. really unforgivable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the person who's suffering the most, though, it feel, I feel, is Harrison Ford. It cuts to him <laughs> during Carrie Fisher's song, and he's either falling asleep or just questioning his life choices. He looks like someone was holding a gun to him just out of shot the whole time he was in that uh, that film. Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I interviewed him and I asked him about it. He had no recollection of it. He didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I, I also, I had, uh, when Phantom Menace came out, I had 45 minutes with George Lucas. I thought, mm. right, right, I'm going to ask him now. I've got, I've got time. There's time to ask him about Star Wars Holiday Special. And he was really kind of philosophical about it. He thought he wanted to go one way. The show runners wanted to go another way. And they end up the place that was right for neither of them. Right. <laughs> and he kind of he felt it was an experiment that just failed mm. you know they tried it and it didn't work yeah i mean because you know christmas specials of things can work but they're usually these days at least built into a show and built into a showrunner and the same sort of creative team in charge even if, yeah. if you're talking about something like you know shrek or you know one of those kind of animated specials one of the frozen spin-offs it tends to be the same people roughly yeah who are kind of in charge of it and they're trying to make sure it, it ties in and they would have say 
over whether it ties in. Whereas I feel like in this case, you, you, what you're saying is that, you know, was this kind of falling between two stools? Yeah. Well, what's the best holiday special for me? I, I mean, this is cheating. I like The Office, which I think is a beautifully done thing, but that's not the same thing. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah. What's the that, best that's one? a good one. What's a, is Shrek a good one? Is the Frozen one no. a good one? No. No. Every single, every <laughs> single Shrek film comes to the same point, which is that Shrek learns the value of family and not being alone. What every it, single Shrek film. Was it Shrek the Halls? Was that Shrek the Which, Shrek in fairness, no, that's a great, that's a great pun. Like, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it, it exists for the title and nothing else. It's okay. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's like... It's like another one of those Netflix films, Falling in Love, Two Ends and In, because it's about somebody who inherits a falling down in and then falls in love with the person she hires to yeah. fix it up. You know, that's a film that they 100% work backwards from the title. The yeah. Santa Claus, same thing, yes. 100% work backwards from the title and you will never convince me otherwise. You know, uh, can, that can happen. Can you believe that, that however many years we are into it, we haven't seen an Avengers Christmas special? Why, why isn't there... Why isn't there a Marvel Christmas special? I mean, a kind of Iron Man 3, but yeah. <laughs> You'd notice, what's that one where they have the party and they can't lift out the hammer? That's Ultron. what they're that's party with. Ultron. Ultron, right. That would be the, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? So <sighs> them having a Christmas party with eggnog and... If anyone's listening with Photoshop skills, if you could just <laughs> like put some Christmas trees in the background of that party, maybe a Santa hat on Tony's head, it would make me very, very happy. They could, yeah, they could build it into One Division. It could have the same suburban sitcom <gasps> feel as the start of the Star Wars special. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Falcon and Winter Soldier, because it's seasonally appropriate. Okay. So are they the most Christmassy Avengers, are they? I mean, no, absolutely not. No, oh, they're not. Oh. No. Who is the most Christmassy Avenger? I Thor, mean, maybe? It's Hulk's, Hulk's green, so he's halfway there. He <laughs> <laughs> just needs a hat. Put a star on his head and you sort it. <laughs> Obviously, Cap is the Thanksgiving Avenger, so, yes, you know. Do you think? Yeah. 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 You just I would wa- wish otherwise, but yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. You'd watch him in, in thick woody jumpers for an hour, wouldn't you? That, oh, that, my that'd God. That'd be enough like, for you, wouldn't it? Just take, shut up and take my money. This is, this is a great idea. Anyway, um, unlike uh, like certain other podcasts I do, this is somehow all come back to Avengers suddenly, which is upsetting. Um, to answer your question, my favourite Christmas special, the one I probably go back to most, is Father Ted Christmas special, which became okay. kind of traditional viewing in my house before we went to Midnight Mass, because then we could sit there and whisper in Midnight Mass to each other, oh, he gives good mass and stuff like this. Um, What's, Father the Ted's What's the plot of that one? I don't remember that one. The plot of that one is that Father Ted and five other priests get lost in the largest lingerie shop in Ireland um, and have to get out before anyone sees them there because it would cause a national yeah. scandal. Yeah. And that, that's the one with Graham Norton in, isn't it? It is. He's oh, yeah, he's nephew. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the priests. Uh, as is, um, oh, your man from Trainspotting, blonde haired man from Trainspotting uh, and Rome. Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a really, it's really, really fun. But I, yeah, I can't justify why it's my favorite. Oh, and also, just to stay on brand, a supernatural Christmas <laughs> is a great <laughs> we, Christmas we special. It was coming, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it had to be there. Tom, my, how about you? My favorite is um, the, uh, the first Gavin and Stacey Christmas special. Not necessarily ah. the one from last year, because I haven't gone back and rewatched it. But the one they did, it was between series two and series three of the show. And it's just them. I think they're having Christmas together as the two families for the first time. Mm. Um, and they're all sort of all sleeping on floors in each other's houses and all of that and stuff. There's all arguments about how to cook the turkey, how to do the Jamie Oliver recipe for the turkey. Yeah, that's that it. Because yeah, Larry Lamb's character spends the whole yeah. thing just sort of <laughs> caressing a turkey at various yeah. times. Yeah, um, that's terrific. That. That's a really good one. It's great. I think the new one was actually very good as well. As I say, I haven't revisited it yet because obviously it was only last year. But mm. um, 
Yeah, I think it was nice to to go back to the characters. I just think the thing with yeah. Gavin and Stacey is even when the storytelling's not the most dramatic or the most impressive, it's just so nice to hang with those characters. Yeah. So spending an hour with them at Christmas was really nice. Yeah. And one of the most realistic depictions of Christmas you'll see on yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, even the scene where like like Stacey's getting all prim over her job being to hand out all the presents. And they're like, some of the presents are just terrible. I think Gavin gets a framed signed photo of a minor Tottenham Hotspur defender. <laughs> and it's like, it. it's <laughs> the most excited present he's ever had. So yeah, I love all the, yeah, the little micro elements of Christmas that go into it are, are really well done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. L- let me ask you then about the Lego uh, Star Wars holiday special. Now, this one yeah. I feel I'm, I'm on pretty solid ground in saying it's a Christmas holiday special. And my evidence yeah. for this is number one, there's a tree involved, like cut down and brought inside a place. And number two, Poe is wearing a definite Christmas jumper. Yeah, I, so, I, I was going to bring up Poe's jumper as the obvious Christmas signifier. <laughs> it's a good Christmas jumper, too. It is a good Christmas jumper. And of course, he wears it well because he's Poe, although he's obviously Lego. So that's me transposing in my head the jumper onto Oscar Isaac. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is so this is very much in keeping with the Lego Star Wars Droid Tales series, which it so happens I've been watching with with, uh, my baby nephew, um, which relentlessly rip the piss out of the entire Star Wars canon. Yeah. With love, with love, but they do. That's a, bit, that's a bit surprising, all that, isn't it? I, I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how how hard they go. Like the, when they they, they denounce Starkiller Base as a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, they went there. They did. They really did. And making fun of um, of uh, Kylo Ren with his top off. I mean, they get more yeah. mileage out of that yeah. than the internet did, which yeah. is saying something. So, so my, my take on it was, I, I thought that all the kind of parallel universe stuff was really fun. I thought it dragged a bit when it was on yeah. Millennium Fox. There, it felt a bit sluggish and didn't really go anywhere. But the the the, the time zapping was great fun, just really fun. Yeah, <laughs> my master, really my master's master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got they got a lot out of it, and it was because it wasn't. They didn't go through it. Even the time skipping, they didn't time skip chronologically. They went all mm. over the shop, mm. and so you did have you know great moments like all of the Obi Wan Kenobi's meeting. And things like that, which was all really yeah. fun. And and it, it unlike the yeah, unlike the original holiday special, it benefited from being outside of the continuity because it just meant they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we there has to be some kind of like temporary amnesia in effect for everybody who eventually, spoiler, gets put back into the proper timeline. Yes. Um, and they, they they presumably forget everything because otherwise, you know, the incredibly. Uh, weenie version of Luke that they pick up at the beginning from the start of A New Hope, the one who's obsessed with his blue milk and just has a carton in his hands at all time and looks slightly dopey, would presumably, you know, react to some of the stuff he sees if if there weren't some kind of temporal amnesia. Yeah. That's what I'm calling it. But they they interrupt they interrupt Star Wars' most iconic moment, which is twin sons, don't they? they <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely the one yeah. Luke who just wanted to pick up some power converters at the start of a new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that version of Luke. He's whiny Luke. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's so whiny and it just made me yeah. laugh very, it, very hard. One, one of the interesting things it did, it did something that Rise of Skywalker chose not to do, mm. which was pick up on Finn's force sensitivity. It, yeah. kind of, it kind of went there a little bit, didn't it? And, and played with it. And I thought it was an interesting choice. 
Yeah, I wonder if they're going to kind of continue that because you know they're obviously they're, they've got their own little continuity that presumably has zero effect on the on the rest of the universe. Um, but it is a fun thing to play with. So I mean, the whole the whole story starts when Ray is trying to train Finn and and trying to help him, and of course, being at best half trained herself is is finding that difficult. But you know. That's more than the latter films did, and I think it's it's a you know to the series credit or to this specials credit. Yeah, it's got, to, sure. it's got to be pretty shameful for Disney that Finn was treated better in this forty-five minute <laughs> Christmas special <laughs> than in the last two movies. <laughs> yeah, this throwaway Christmas thing. <laughs> I have to say, hats off to Helen Sadler who did a great Ray. Daisy, really good. Her Daisy Ridley was on point, wasn't it? It was so yeah. good, yeah. I didn't good. think Finn's sounded quite so much like Finn, but no, I thought she was po. absolutely... Poe was, po wasn't yeah. much good no. either. <laughs> Sadly, no, but oh, she was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I just enjoyed, like, the Emperor being, you know, yeah. oh, the so Pal- awful. Palpatine was incredible. It was so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rejecting Vader's gift. Oh, <laughs> 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 the, the level of like 4D chess he was playing with well he's going to betray me and then you're going to betray me so now I have to turn you and it's oh it was so good it was very and I good, loved, very I loved good his, improvisation on the fly by that uh, that Palpatine and I loved you know first of all uh, Kylo Ren's fanboyishness because yes. I think I wrote about that after the first film and uh, was you know slightly given grief for it but anyway vindication uh <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, he's just such an, a fanboy nerd. And then when when the emperor turns to him and goes, "Well, you'd never throw your master down a lightning shaft, would you?" And he sort of goes, "Um, no, not a reactor shaft. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's just it's yeah. He was such a again another weenie. I just love them. Um, I mean, it, is this Ian in particular just disrespectful though? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> but but I, I just feel like you can get Star Wars in so many flavours now, can't you? Mm. You know, and you can get it in terrible seventies kitsch, <laughs> as we Happy just saw, days. as we saw, and we can get it in this kind of self-referential, knowing nudge, nudge, wink, wink, uh, fan mm. service. Um, oh, it's, it's tons, it's tons of fun, isn't it? It's really good fun. Yeah. Yeah. The hand letting hand shoot first, you know. Yeah. Um, and McClunky turns up. Yeah. McClunky. Great McClunky joke. <laughs> yeah. Baby Yoda yeah. just appearing. Oh, I love, yeah, I stopping love the Mandalorian everybody. bit. That was great. There's one thing that they kept talking about that I didn't recognize. And they, they kept saying they were going to have Tip Yip for their, for their, their, their lunch or their mm-hmm. Christmas dinner. So I had to look up what Tip Yip is. And do you know what it is? It's Galaxy's Edge, isn't it? It's a chicken. It's a chicken that lives on Endor, <laughs> essentially. It's, it's similar to hen, and they're raised, right. for their, they're raised for their eggs by sentient Ewoks. Okay. Don't they, don't they, like, serve it at Galaxy's Edge? Is that not where it's from? Do they? That, I think, I think that, that's what it is. So I think it's for all the people who know what Galaxy's Edge is. <laughs> ah, I see. Ah. But it, it must have so been they mentioned in... Right. Uh, tip you, yeah. tip you, tip you. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just very amused by... Pose attempts to cook it in <laughs> in the, the basically the ship's engines. That yeah, was su- such a tryhard. Poe is in this. <laughs> such a tryhard. Yeah. He, he's, um, he's the obvious director out of that group, isn't he? he if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be in charge of something, you put him in charge. Yeah, I mean, Leia was trying to 
train him to be a general. And we see him being worried about how to be a general here um, while trying to hold back the tears. <laughs> so, yeah, it makes a certain amount I mean, of sense. I'd follow Poe Dameron anyway. He wanted me to, <laughs> especially in that jumper. <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely. And and there's that lovely, just appalling little pun that absolutely warms my heart when Admiral Akbar gives Lando Calrissian a present for Christmas. Yeah. And Lando's going, I hope it's a cape. I hope it's a cape. <laughs> and of course, it's a wrap. Hey! Hey! Oh, I love a bad pun. I really can't get enough of them. It's great because the moment you see that character as well, you're trying to trace the pun in your head. You're going, where are they going? Um, <laughs> you've got like a big whiteboard with trap written in the middle. You're like, well, which way are they going to go? So does this work really? I mean, I think as you said, Ian, does this work because there's a million and one flavours of Star Wars in a way that there weren't in 1978? Absolutely, yeah. And I think I think they, they judge the length of it about right. I don't think you want much more than it, than 45 minutes. And... People are so so in love with the thing that you mm. can afford to go around the edges and have fun with it. And it's nice that you think that might have disappeared with Disney. It's mm. nice that it hasn't. It's nice that there's still some kind of fun takes on, on the characters and on the situations. Um, yeah. You know, more so than when, in George's day. There wasn't, you know, he absolutely put his foot down about burning every copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> he, he, you know, so. Missed one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, you can't so, burn YouTube down, George. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's it's a fun thing for for everybody. You, know. you can you you can pick where your Star Wars level entry comes. You can begin mm. deep kind of fandom, or you can have something fun and light like this. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think yeah, that's like, happening at the moment. Like I'm really enjoying the fact that. I have got. I'm getting such a Star Wars fix at the moment. Like I said, I'm watching Clone Wars, and obviously the Mandalorian is brilliant week to week at the moment. And so I can w- watch all of that and enjoy Star Wars and weird things like the the Lego special without having to like revisit the pain of Rise of Skywalker because I yeah. did kind of fall out of love with Star Wars for six months or so after Rise of yeah. Skywalker. And I've s- spoken to friends who feel the same who like would consider the first Star Wars to be one of their favorite films of all time. And yeah, mm-hmm. you know, some of them weren't wowed by Last Jedi, and then virtually no one was wowed by Rise of Skywalker. So yeah. some of them are even like, well, I don't, I don't want to go to the Mandalorian yet because you know I don't know if it's going to be any good. And I'm telling them like, watch the Mandalorian; it's yeah. so good. But it's that, nice that, that we can get that fix from so many different places without having to yeah. revisit the disappointment yeah. of what the films became. I think we've got a long, long time to wait between the films now. I don't think there's anything in production yet, so it's at least two years away. Yeah. what the next big screen Star Wars will be. So it's nice to have these little fixes and fun things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting how the Mandalorian has been folding together a lot of the Clone Wars and Rebels kind of canon has now been folded into live action via the Mandalorian. And, you know, there was this sort of collective gasp of horror back in, what was it, was it 2012, 2013, when they announced that basically the extended universe was no longer canon, no yeah. more extended universe for you. Yeah. And um, and they're gradually folding bits of it back in. Clone Wars, of course, was always canon, but they're, they're, they're folding other things in, like... That person who was mentioned last week as we talk about this, the guy at the end who was mentioned in passing, that guy, that's new. That's new to the, you know, to being folded back into the canon. And that's really exciting for a lot of people who yeah. particularly grew up on the Star Wars animation. Absolutely. And also they're, 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 they're leading into prequels mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, they're, they're, they're saying that Star Wars isn't just for 50-year-old blokes like me. 
it's it's for the younger fans. It's for everybody. Yeah. And I think yeah. Mandalorian is great at pleasing everyone. That's its genius, mm. isn't it? Is that it can please everyone. Yeah. But to bring it back but, on, to bring it back on topic, Star Wars is Christmas for me because I I was first generation Star Wars fan, and right. all I wanted for Christmas was a, a cardboard Death Star. <laughs> eight quid, eight quid for a cardboard Death Star, and then wow. yeah. So the, the fig, an action, a four-inch action figure was ninety-nine p. Oh my god! And then your your bigger attacks were were, were all twenty quid or something, which was a, oh my god, a, a, a fortune in those days. That was uh, yeah. Well, this is the, I never yeah. had any Star Wars toys growing up. I had to go over to my friend Dario Wright's and play with them there. Okay. Um, I guess my parents could either support my My Little Pony habit or my Star Wars habit, but not both. So that was that, that was the way it worked. But that, that's, um, a, that's a real Sophie's choice. I mean, you know, no one should be put in that position. Um, and did, did did movies infect your Christmas? Was it was that was that just part of your Christmas, or was it? Oh yeah, very very early on. My parents tell a story about me watching Sound of Music with them when I was two, which I don't remember, obviously, but. Um, but yeah, it, Christmas was movies. I remember like being completely frantic to see Indiana Jones on Christmas Day and trying to make my mum plan Christmas dinner around Indiana Jones because we didn't have a VCR yet. So we couldn't just record it for later. We had to be in front of the TV at 3 p.m. Thank you very much. None of this late lunch nonsense. Thank you. So it was really stressful back in the day. Like <laughs> People don't realize now it was really stressful. Tom, do you have movie Christmases? You see, it never really was a big thing in my house. Um, my parents were not big like movie people, and so it was never a huge thing for us. Um, I've right. sort of been trying to force it, I think, recently, the last few years. <laughs> like, I think two Christmases ago, um, I ended up watching Paddington 2 three times over the Christmas week, oh, just wow. because okay. I was showing it to different groups of people. And, you know, anyone who <laughs> follows me on Twitter or knows me at all knows that Paddington is my thing. And yeah. so like Paddington 2, like one of my fondest memories of recent Christmases is going back home to my family and um, my little brother, who's uh, nine or 10, probably seven or eight at the time, watching him watch the end of Paddington 2 and wipe a single tear from his face at the end. It's the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whereas I have been, you know, indoctrinating my toddler nephew, you see, into geekery via the medium of these cartoons because this is the other thing that they don't make you know that people don't talk about enough this is all a way to indoctrinate tiny children into star wars so you know i don't know if it's the right way or the wrong way but their first contact will not be the holiday special god god help Mm -hmm. that generation or you know (laughs) the original movie um It's going to be, in my nephew's case, Star Wars Lego droids because he's a very big fan of anything robotic. So, you know, th- this is this is the way. Whereas yeah. In, in my little brother's case, it was Angry Bird Star Wars. Angry Bird that Star Wars. That was his Wars? first Star Wars. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I remember playing because there's like a like a board game where the yeah. the Angry Birds on the Death Star. and you have to like shoot at them and all that sort of stuff. And that was probably the first Star Wars thing he had. Wow. And so that's what Star Wars is for him. It's birds and pigs (laughs) in stormtrooper outfits. (laughs) I I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, I guess if it works, that's the main thing, I suppose. 
Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by, by Song. Song, where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, you might know him for his gravelly voice. <coughs> and very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. So we do have to rank both these films. And I think it's going to be uh, a very easy in, in, in one case and, and a little bit harder in the other case. But we rank films here by Christmassiness. So how would we score these two films for Christmassiness? Has Defined the, as you will. Has you, uh, has, is there a minus score? <laughs> um, I mean, there can be. Why not? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, let's give uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special minus 78. Minus 78 yeah, out, it, of it, 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 uh, it, out of five. That is good out of five. I feel like it, that's actually, oh. if anything, a little bit kind. <laughs> <laughs> And then, look, beyond beyond everything that's bad about it, it's not Christmassy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And to be fair to it, it wasn't meant to be. You know, but, but yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. in, in fairness, now, they do eat essentially a Christmas dinner at Thanksgiving in the US. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's when they have the big bird and those trimmings. So, you know, it's not un... It, it, it could be Christmassier, is what I'm saying. Maybe. Yeah. I know. And how do we feel about the Lego holiday special? It gets it's more Christmas. Pose jumper. Pose jumper puts it up. Christmas. Pose jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the and the tip. Yep. Yeah. Points for uh, <laughs> points. For tip, yeah. <laughs> roasting a bird. You get points for roasting a bird. Untold references to tip. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the other side of the coin is: Do I think I'm going to be watching it every Christmas, or even at any other Christmas? Probably not. No. Oh. So saying- I can see that happening, but mostly because there are robots in it and my nephew likes robots. Yeah. So, you know, it'll probably <laughs> come a, up another year. It's, it's an easier spell for you. <laughs> so if we're saying that, that Elf and It's a Wonderful Life are five, if yes, we're saying are. that, then this is one, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to go to a two, but yeah. I would have said All right. two. I, yeah, I would have okay. okay, two. Okay, we'll go to two. two. All right, yeah. two. Uh, and then my second uh, rating criterion is objective quality. <laughs> now... <laughs> Having set a minus 78 record. I'm feeling another minus 78 coming. (laughs) I'm fascinated to hear how Star Wars uh, Christmas specials, uh, holiday special, sorry, scores here. I think it's absolutely minus 78, isn't it? Again, it's (laughs) it's the first film to get two minus 78s. I mean, I'm I'm tempted to say minus 79 for objective quality. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that. I agree with Tom. That's right. Minus 79. Yeah. Minus 79. Wow. That is a total (laughs) of. Minus a hundred and seventy uh fifty I can't add up today. Fifty seven? Hundred and fifty seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Minus a hundred and fifty seven. That that maths took us far too long. How many university degrees are in this chat? I mean seriously. <laughs> and then for the, for, for the Lego the Lego one, uh I think yeah. objectively I I'd go three. Yeah, I yeah. said three, straight down the middle, three. three. Yeah. Which, as another podcast might say, is a recommendation. Yes, indeed. Five. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, another podcast might podcast, say that, but we couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't possibly comment on that. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's a lot more fun, I would say, on purpose. Yes. The other one is sometimes fun, 
but maybe not on purpose. Yeah, I mean, the problem is it's it's fun at times, not on purpose, but it's also nearly 100 minutes long. Yeah. So it's, it's the same problem I have with, like, The Room. Like, people find The Room really funny. Yeah. And the individual bits of it are really funny, but the film's two hours long. There's a lot of, like, tedious nonsense between the funny bits. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've, we've sat through it. We, we've survived it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there an element then of wanting other people to suffer what you've suffered, like to understand <laughs> yeah, I think what is. you've gone through? Yeah, I think people should understand it rather than just read about it. They should mm-hmm. take the, was it, it up 90 something minutes without adverts? I think it's, yeah. Yeah, it's something like yeah. that, isn't it? They should take 97, a, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah 97. And then, comes to it. then at least you'll know how you feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad no, I watched you it. You already know mostly. how you feel about it before you, you watch don't. it. Because... No, no, because you might think that it's quite fun, and it isn't. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You might think it's this, this fun camp classic, and it ain't. It's no. long swathes of tedium. I think in some quarters it has that camp classic reputation, though, and I don't think it merits mm. it, but I no. think it does have it. There is a certain sort of endurance test thing with bad films. And yeah. I guess that almost brings it full circle to those Netflix Christmas films. I think yeah. certainly with like the Christmas prints and stuff, there is an endurance quality to them. That's why people watch them every year. Because mm. they go, wouldn't it be funny to have some mulled wine and we'll all sit in a room and laugh at how bad the Christmas prince is and go, wasn't yeah. that character in Princess Switch 3? And <laughs> Oh, silly. They've only made two, but they've made three Christmas princes. So oh, I'm sorry. You're just getting mixed up. I, I'm oh, embarrassed no, for you, but tweets, that's okay. The tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be um, sent flowcharts and timelines. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a whole uh, extended universe now. It's a, it's an interconnected cinematic Netflixian universe uh, of of improbable European monarchs marrying Americans. Um, <laughs> But they all appear to be English monarchs. It's very confusing. They all speak yeah. English. That's neither here nor there. That's a whole other, literally a whole other bah humbug episode. Um, and it's it, much. It's a starting point for that, the Princess Diaries. In the modern era. I mean, in the modern era. Well, yeah, one would like to be able to say it's, you know, Roman holiday or something, Ian, but I can't honestly <laughs> say that. So, in, you know, the modern, in the modern era. It's not the prisoner of Zender. It's not <laughs> Roman Holiday. It's it's the Princess Diaries, which is adorable. Like, don't get me wrong. No disrespect to the Princess Diaries. A little bit of disrespect to the Princess Diaries too. But otherwise, fantastic film. Really, really cute. But yeah, these are these are lesser. That had wit. That had style. That had Julie Andrews. Yeah. Um, th- these have. Um, <laughs> Some Canadian locations that are sometimes quite nice, and uh, you mean Julie Andrews isn't in them? Spoiler, no. Honestly, I, I know they would be so much better if she were, and I, I say that without hesitation. And um, that would be wonderful. Would Julie Andrews have worked in Star Wars just in any kind of role? In the same way that you know, I'm I'm absolutely here for B. Arthur being in Star Wars. Absolutely, so, she, did Aquaman, she did Aquaman, didn't she? Did she? Have I forgotten? Oh, yes, she did. No, wait, that wasn't that Judy Dench. No, it was Julie Andrews. Yeah, because she wasn't in Mary Poppins Returns. That's right. <laughs> but she, but she was did in Aquaman, which came out like the same week. <laughs> the Kraken, didn't she? Yes, that's right. Wow. I'd forgotten that. I think that's right. I don't think I'm getting that wrong. No, it was either her or, or one of the others like that, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm going to look this up now so we can actually sound like we know what we're talking about. While we're looking it up, I can say that Julie Andrews could absolutely be in Star Wars. She could be right. in the hills of Naboo in episode oh, two, yeah. in episode two, singing while <gasps> while Anakin and Padme ride those space 
cows, whatever they are. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> it was Julie Andrews, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, Who's I Star think she'd work in the boo. There you go. Once, yeah. you've done, once you've done the Kraken, surely Star Wars is small fry. Yeah. Dench did Chronicles of Riddick, didn't she? So That's true, yeah. she was an angel. Oh. If only she'd been a Christmas angel, we could have got her on the podcast. <laughs> oh, well. Damn it. Next time, next time, Dench. We'll get you. That was unduly threatening. <laughs> not, for, not in a bad way. And we won't make her watch uh, Star Wars All Day Special. Thank you both for watching it again for this. That was above and beyond the Call of Duty. That, that, that's really something. Thank you. Um, I hope that the Lego Star Wars was not quite as uh, traumatic or, or um, no. difficult. No, it was 45 minutes shorter as well. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah, bonus points for that. Um, well, listen, I think that's about all for today. So thank you so much, Ian, for being here. It's a wrap. <laughs> thanks very much, Tom. Thank you very much. And thanks very much, all of you, for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to Bar Humbug, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because it really helps other people find the show. You can also subscribe so you automatically get the rest of this podcast lined up hassle-free and it's only going to be a limited run up to Christmas. It won't be using up all your data. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can pre-order my book, Women vs. Hollywood, The Fall and Rise of Women in Film, which comes out in February 2021. You can also, of course, find me in Empire Magazine, which is the world's best film magazine for my money. And I'm on the Empire podcast every week and host the podcast, His Darker Materials, to coincide with BBC HBO drama, His Dark Materials. If you'd like to connect with me or comment on the show or have any queries or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Helen L. O'Hara, or you can email producers at stripped.media. And I'd like to thank all the people who have made this podcast happen. Thanks to all the team at Strip Media, including Ben Williams, who edits this podcast, as well as Tom Wally, Dave Corkery and Kobe Omanaka, who have all helped produce and put this show together. Thanks also to all of my guests who have been absolutely wonderful in giving up their time to watch some Christmas films that are not always 100% great. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and others produced by Strip Media, please visit www.stripped.media to find out more. And that's it. Merry Christmas. You just heard a Stripped Media production. 